0: Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, Arson King, Huey Long, and Brother X. Hi,
1: I'm your co-host, Crystal. And I'm your other co-host, Robert. And this is Reenacted, an Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Crystal... Yes, Robbie. Do you, do you have any vegan recipes or... Vegan recipes? Meals? Hmm. Um,
0: yeah, I probably do.
1: That you can, like, shoot me. I mean, not, uh, not now during mm-hmm. the podcast, because then we'll get a lot of, like, angry emails. Like, you guys are supposed to be about unsolved <laughs> mysteries. This isn't Crystal and Robbie's... Meal talk.
0: Well, it should be probably <laughs> if we'd planned this out better, we'd be doing a food podcast.
1: <laughs> oh, it's 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 not too late. We'll just uh, we'll just keep like ostensibly being a podcast about unsolved mysteries, mm-hmm. but 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 the actual content will be about the food. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll really get like uh uh complaining letters. But yeah, no, I I ask. Mm-hmm. Um because as we planned before recording yep. our 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 little in, intro that isn't uh, unsolved mysteries content mm-hmm. is is to mention that i am going to try to observe eastern orthodox great lent okay. starting tomorrow
0: now my i'm you weren't raised catholic correct
1: no like my you know that like that's what my ancestry is, mm-hmm. and you know my mother and I went to like a couple of Christmas services and a couple of Easter services when I was younger, and that was it. Like mm-hmm. no, no actual practice.
0: Um, and I do not. I was not raised in the papist tradition myself, so I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that uh, regular Lent started a couple weeks ago, right? We had Fat Tuesday. A couple of weeks ago. Yes. Okay. So, how is how is Eastern Orthodox Extendo Extra Lent? What what did you call <laughs> it? I'm sorry.
1: Great Great Lent. Great yeah.
0: Lent. How what is that? When when does it? St- are you starting it tomorrow, or does it start tomorrow?
1: Well, it it starts tomorrow. Okay. Um, because the Orthodox calendar is a bit different from uh Western mm-hmm. Christian calendar. mm Hmm. So, like, I mean, one of my favorite gags is on Facebook. Mm. I'll always post like "Merry Christmas" mm-hmm. two weeks, two weeks after, you know, a couple weeks after, uh, after December twenty fifth, and everyone's like, "Robert, you're a bit late. It's mm. uh, Christmas was back," and and then I'm like, "Oh, but not on the Eastern Orthodox calendar." <laughs>
0: yep, you got uh, him. Yeah, <laughs> not you show them.
1: I know they. They someone falls for it every time. Wow! Um, what a bunch of fools! Yeah. <laughs> that's right. I know. Um, and so, yeah, so it starts uh, starts tomorrow. Uh-huh. Goes on until the beginning of May.
0: Okay. Wow. So it is a Great Lent because we are recording yes. this like dead in the middle of March right now.
1: Exactly. This. Okay. Yeah. This is not. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, it is not a, a bit of hyperbole to refer to it as great Lent. like mm-hmm. oh, it's so great you know uh, this yeah this this is gonna be this is going be a uh, a bit of a, a marathon for me. Mm-hmm. okay um, I'm, I'm I'm observing it because uh, a very good friend of mine unfortunately has some severe medical, issues and they're going in Mm. tomorrow to find out some results which Mm. almost certainly aren't going to be that great and so i don't know i just figured observing this and uh uh would help me think about her more and i don't know have some sort of lucky rabbit's foot effect i mean it can't hurt at the very least
0: no so i mean it might because i have no idea what um great lent entails so what are the what are the practices that you will be
1: observing i will not be able to eat meat at all at all that includes poultry okay
0: Okay. and do you feel like you're you're a big meat eater right now or not so much
1: i well i mean i can't I, I I have to be, right? Because I can't think of very many vegetables <laughs> I consume on a <laughs> regular basis, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Well, this uh, might be a bit tough for you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this yeah, no, this is this is good, probably gonna be one of the greatest challenges I've ever faced in my life. Wow. Um Wow. Uh yeah, no meat. Okay. Uh no fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, no dairy.
0: No dairy.
1: No dairy. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, no olive oil.
0: No olive oil? Why can't you have olive oil? I,
1: I, am not the one who, who who made the, the rolls. Like, okay. Well, this sounds like I'm some kind of. i just the one who like, looked them up.
0: <laughs> this sounds, sounds like some kind of, all right. This is like hard, hardcore vegan then. So if you can't use olive oil, can you just use like regular vegetable oil cook things I in? guess so
1: yeah like okay because I, I I, if you can't reading, have dairy I mean, then
0: butters out and if you can't use like you got to cook your something in some kind of fat and that's usually olive oil
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I um I guess uh I guess I guess it's you know it it would be a lot more problematic if you're like you know in the middle ages living in the eastern mediterranean <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I guess not being able to use olive oil, you're like, oh, man, I'm really, really feeling it now.
0: Um, I would have trouble with that because nearly everything I cook is in olive oil. I mean, it's almost exclusively what I use as a cooking agent. And also because it's a lot healthier for you than most other cooking oils. So
1: that's... That's what I've heard. Uh, that probably also explains why everything you've cooked for me has always been so delicious.
0: Oh, that's sweet, but I don't remember cooking you anything really, ever at all. <laughs> 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 I don't recall doing that, Robbie. But that's very kind of you to say. Well, um, well, when we, <laughs> when we, uh. Uh, you know, I would assume though, if you're finding all these rules online, that perhaps there's some like standard recipes for Great Lent. Yeah, can... I've been
1: I've, I've been look, looking around at, at some stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The 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 problem is is I'm not really a cook yeah. type guy, so I I it's got to be really simplistic for me because you got to understand um, many of the meals I, I eat involve Mm. pouring milk into a bowl of cereal and yeah i can't i can't use the milk anymore
0: yeah Uh. well um you know i have a mostly dairy-free lifestyle because of dietary restrictions i have obviously that we meet so you know this is a really interesting uh problem you've posed here and you know you're still going to be in the middle of this by the time this episode gets released next week so maybe this is something listeners can help us out with if they have any really like outstanding vegan recipes that they can share i think now would be the time to do it um
1: if you got a vegan recipe you really want to share go on itunes give us five stars and put the body of that recipe in the review also
0: yeah that's one way to do it or you just email us reenactedpod at gmail.com and we will make sure, or
1: that... at, at reading, yeah. pod on Twitter.
0: But you know what? It might be more fun Rean. to just do it in the iTunes review.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Um. Well, Robbie, I wish you all the best with that. I, uh, I'll shoot you some resources when we uh, stop recording here because, um, I, you know, we're we're meat eaters in this house, but. Uh, I always, you know, if I have the option to get something vegan and delicious, like I've had some incredible vegan desserts, um, you know, if there's an option for a mm. vegan meal, I'm, I'm an omnivore, I'm taking it. So I, I know there have to be a yeah. lot of good resources out there. And I think like probably sweet potatoes are going to end up being a very good friend <laughs> at the end of this, oh. if I had to guess. Um, okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll check back in a couple weeks when we record again and <laughs> see if you have, uh, lasted because that sounds like a an incredible challenge. The olive oil thing is really surprising to me, honestly. Cause I, that's, I eat so much of that all the time. Um, yeah. you know, speaking of, uh, yeah, I don't have a really good, good transition here <laughs> to the episode of unsolved mysteries. <laughs> um, what Hey, are you talking
1: about Go- going from great Lent to, to, arson of warehouses in seattle that, that, yeah. that's a natural transition that is a natural
0: <laughs> well i hope in roasting all those vegetables you don't set your house on fire like what happened with the lumber yard in
2: oh. seattle washington
0: and what is it 1989
1: i don't know is that when that yeah, happened late 80s or something uh
0: well anyway we should probably talk about what is this uh season five episode three of uh unsolved mysteries So set the scene, Seattle. You know it, you love it. It's rainy most of the time. Uh, There's a lot of um, trees and uh, one of the prevailing industries of uh, the Pacific Northwest is that they cut those trees down for lumber. (laughs) Sorry, this is. Clumsy as hell. Uh so in nineteen eighty-nine there was a big ass fire at the Blackstock Lumber Company in Seattle. And um the mm-hmm. uh officials, the authorities assumed it was arson. Um mm-hmm. and they assumed that because there had bunch been a bunch of other uh I think over 20 some fires in the Seattle area around the same time and possibly connected cases up in Canada as well. Um, yeah. so the, the fire was just so big. Oh my God. It's just the biggest fire. And, um, it ended up being one of the biggest fires in Seattle history because obviously it's at a lumber yard. Once the blaze gets started, it kind of just has a ton of fuel <laughs> to keep going. And, mm-hmm. um, two of the firefighters, uh, they, they went in and I guess the roof exploded while they were in there. And, um, one of them. Unfortunately, was trapped and, and wasn't able, uh, was, was unable to move. Uh, uh, I guess his name was Matt Johnson. and Unfortunately, he passed away from, from that during the fire. His partner, Bill Meredith, was able to get out of there.
1: What, what I found interesting mm-hmm. is as soon as we really plunge into the reenactment, mm-hmm. like they, they sort of do a cut where like you see some real life exterior footage of some firefighters on top of uh, part of the building. And then it cuts to like the the two reenactors going, in, you know, sh- uh, doing an inside uh, shot. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stuck st- st- stuck out to me immediately was Bill was talking about how him and Matt went up a uh, onto a, and he did like he hesitated and he described as like I guess a sort of mezzanine. Mm. And I was like, and I was like, I have to look that word up. Yeah. So yeah. And what is mezzanine? Uh, mean a a low story bet- between two others in a building typically between the ground and first floors
0: oh so, so it's like um a, like a staircase landing but
1: bigger right right it's something along the, those lines which okay. i as soon as i read that definition I was like yeah okay i know exactly what they're talking about because i feel like so uh in the past i've been in warehouse type businesses hmm and there's it's not too uncommon for them to have some sort of setup like that where there's like, you know, stuff distributed on on this weird sort of floor that's in between uh, that's higher than the ground, but lower than the, the next one and whatnot. And it's, uh, so I was like, OK, I uh, glad that he uh, that Bill introduced me to that term. Then we had a, they did a reenactment where Matt was telling, because I guess like Matt, Bill describes like the heat, like it felt like being x-rayed with heat wow. being inside that building. Yeah. And I guess uh, like Matt was like just incapacitated by it and... The, you have a reenactment where the reenactors like, you know, he's, he's telling bill like, go leave me go and and bill, you know, the reenactor playing bill then r- runs off and bill describes how he's going to try to look for help. But apparently like the re the reenactment they talked about, I guess he got lost or something in the building, mm-hmm. um, which, which was uh, unfortunate. So, Yeah, I just wanted to to mention uh, those couple of things uh, before we proceed on.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, the fire, um, I think the investigators, because they have fire science people in certain, uh, you know, there's people who work for the Forestry Service, but there's also people I think who work for um, Metropolitan fire departments that do fire science Mm -hmm. so or i guess probably in this case it's the police department and so they tried to recreate this fire to see how it could have started um Pew yallop which is nearby uh (laughs) seattle um (laughs) it doesn't matter but they they found that the fire had burned so hot um that they something there must have been some kind of fuel they assumed that had started the fire. So originally they assumed it was an accident because somebody had broken into the, the lumber yard to, um, start a fire to keep warm. It might've been, a, a vagrant, uh, to keep warm, but yeah. you know, they quickly dispelled that when they realized how hot the, the fire was burning. Uh, and so enter investigator De- Dennis Fowler, who's, he's kind of chasing this, like, you know, the king of all arsonists as he's calling it. Right. Um,
1: around well he plays himself in the reenactment segments Mm -hmm. and like they they introduce him like they have a shot of this car pulling up and this guy getting out and it's a real hero shot sort of thing where he's like looking off in the uh, the distance It's like whoa uh they uh like sometimes unsolved mysteries they they you know i watch the reenactments uh, whether, you know, it's the original person or not involved with them. And I kind of feel like the shows like oftentimes I kind of feel like god, I'd be embarrassed if the show was depicting me this way, but they really go out of their way to give uh, Dennis uh, that, to make him seem really cool.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> I kind of got the I kind of got the feeling immediately when Dennis was talking about clearly this must have been an arson because of how hot the fire was, that something must have fueled it even though that's not something they found. There's no evidence of that at the site. And so I was like, this is... I feel like he's this real, like, Captain Ahab-type character. And he's (laughs) going after someone that may or may not exist. It was initially the feeling that I... It was just kind of the gut feeling that I got. And also because, in my mind, um, yeah, a lumberyard is kind of full of fuel for a fire.
1: So... I would imagine a warehouse full of lumbers is going to be like, of, it's going to burn pretty hot. Yeah. I mean, we burn wood to, <laughs> to to keep warm and that's a lot of wood.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that you know, one plus one equals two to me, but, I, you know, I'm not an investigator. I'm not a fire science person. Um, one of the other things that they said about putting out the fire <laughs> at, um, the lumber yard was that because it was burning so hot that the water that they were trying to put it out with actually added fuel to the fire. So what was happening is that, you know, water is hydrogen plus oxygen, right? So what was happening was they were evaporating the water and then the oxygen molecules in the water, after the hydrogen had burned off was actually adding fuel to the fire to make it hotter. So again, kind of um, it was already gonna be hot because it's a ton of wood and then you put water on it and it made it worse. So also I didn't wow. know I didn't know that. I didn't know that until the story like sometimes you just can't put a fire out with water because it makes it worse. Did you know that?
1: I did know that because there was an episode of uh, family matters. Mm-hmm. You you remember Family Matters, right? I do, yeah. And there yeah, you remember when the aunt character had her own restaurant? N- no. Okay. But please continue. At some point <laughs> Yeah, at some point, you know, cuz sometimes a show will introduce a new character mm-hmm. to because they run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. But other times they introduce a new location and in Family Matters they're like, "Oh, the aunt is going to open a restaurant." Okay and I think what happened is there was some like there was, the characters were cooking in the back or something and there was a fire in the pan which you mm-hmm. know you're not supposed to you know you're not supposed to put water
0: right I did know that on, the, on an oil yeah, or yeah. grease fire you don't want to put water you want to stamp it out with a towel or a fire extinguisher I did know that
1: right Ur- Urkel immediately tried to like put it out with water and burn down the ants restaurant <laughs> So was I don't um,
0: what was the thing with Urkel then was it that because was he just a because you would
1: think right because you would think because he does possess uh, an impressive amount of knowledge right you would think that he would um I think I think part of it is you know it, it could have just been that like it's an emergency situation and mm-hmm. like sometimes you panic mm-hmm. and. And you know your your panic overcomes like stuff that you actually do know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I guess if he hadn't burned down the restaurant, who would have been left to say out loud, "Did I do that?"
1: <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> 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 indeed. You know, uh, is Laura
0: going to say that? Is Carl going to say that? No, that circles line. So he had to burn the restaurant.
1: No, down. no, I, 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 yeah, absolutely not.
0: What were um, we talking about? <laughs> did I do that? Yeah, here's our white whale, the king king of all arsonists. And allegedly, he, he or she, well, we're saying king of arsonists, so let's assume he, uh, also burned down Seattle's Carpet Exchange warehouse uh, in 1984, <laughs> and that burned down in less than 20 minutes. And apparently, the fire in that was so hot that it melted the concrete and warped steel beams. Um as we know
1: <laughs> Oh now, god. Should I
0: not say it? Should I just stop? Should I stop it? Well, I
1: have I have to admit ever since I've watched this episode that's it's been running through my mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well we know we know that carpets don't melt steel beams okay we know that so there must have been some kind of other fuel involved okay um
2: yeah
0: so this uh investigator dennis fowler fowler is like trying to piece all the shit together he's like i got all the clues i'm gonna find the king of the arsonists. um you know and then there's a whole litany of other fires that they're trying to tie tie to this king 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 of all arsonists and um Oh, yeah, I guess the the fire department did the test fire that I mentioned in Puyallup was in an empty shopping center. So they were trying to um, discover what kind of fuel could have been used because they they couldn't find one at the scene. That's what I'm very confused about is there doesn't seem to be any remnant of fuel. So um,
1: it was an unknown chemical compound.
0: Yeah, which I feel like isn't if it's an unknown chemical compound. What is that like? It would have to be like military experimental grade. And it's just some jack off like in Seattle, burning down buildings with that for fun. That doesn't make a ton of sense.
1: They, they, they should have shot a, a, I guess it wouldn't be a reenactment because it didn't happen, but a scene where D- uh, D- uh, Dennis is, uh, he's in um, a lab and someone's looking at the stuff and it's like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. And, and Dennis is like, I haven't heard of that. And the lab technician, like in so many movies says, well, it's so expensive. Only the military uh, has access to it.
0: Yeah, I've seen so that in movies before. Right? There's yeah, just that's true. Not there's not a lot of evidence to this actually being arson, other than fire hot. It's apparently the argument, <laughs> and uh, but in case you were wondering, did anyone? Were there any witnesses to someone leaving the <laughs> lumberyard fire? Uh, Yes, there was a witness and there are actually two,
1: two witnesses.
0: Right. And if you were saying to yourself, hmm, how could they possibly remember what these suspicious folks look like? Well, you would be correct if you assumed this did involve some hypnotic recovery technique. So under hypnosis, which I'll care, which Robert Snack blows by in the narration he's just like under hypnosis like this is just you know like the sky is blue under hypnosis yeah
1: yeah i i feel like even in the first season of the show where they let a lot of bullshit in Mm -hmm. they they did like i mean and they they you know they mentioned hypnosis in a number of segments they at least like i seem to vaguely recall introducing that you know there's there's at least some dis you know there's like there's disagreement about the eff- effectiveness mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever. But yeah, like you say, they just blow by this. Like, well, you know, hypnosis, just one of the standard, you, you know, techniques.
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, they just, no ex- more explanation given. And then they show on screen the two, like, composite drawings of two men.
1: Unsurprisingly. <laughs> of- uh, shocking. Sh- absolutely shockingly. The hypnosis uh, uh, that they use to get these these two image, images show two very different men.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the witnesses were saying two, there were two men. So these are the two different oh. men, I guess. Uh, no,
1: no. I, I Well, I mean, I, I think it's it's plausible that uh, these witnesses saw two different guys because they, mm-hmm. they saw people at different junctures. Mm-hmm. Um. But if they if they saw the same person, uh, I, I, I interpreted this as like, you know, there, there, there's there's the king of the arsonists. They both saw him. But because they used hypnosis, mm-hmm. we we get a, a, a real example here of just why hypnosis is not that great of a technique, because these two guys look nothing alike. And even Unsolved Mysteries acknowledges that.
0: Yeah. So and then there's yeah. something about a Mercedes. Someone's driving a Mercedes or something
1: right one of the witnesses they saw like the guy was in a mercedes leaving the 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 lumber yard and was you know he's like he 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 noted that because it's like why is someone in a mercedes leaving a lumber yard at like nine at night or whatever whatever yeah
0: um the other last thing i want to mention before we get into our sort of update that we get with this Uh, oh, and also somebody was arrested and then let go or something. I don't, I don't know. I didn't even catch that. Oh, that might be, that might be me getting confused between the show and the wiki, but like there was a guy that was arrested for, um, some of the fires, but he was not the guy. So they let him go. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention that was about the carpet store. Mm -hmm. Now, I made a joke about carpets, not melting steel beams. But here's the thing. Carpets are coated with chemicals that are very flammable. And, you know, whether it's to waterproof them or whatever, seal the fibers, there's a ton of there's a ton of chemicals on carpets, um, especially carpet that is just sitting around. And so much like lumber, it's a pretty good fuel for a very hot fire. Um, so our update is that basically there's, it's unresolved, right? They just, am I, am I remembering this correctly? They thought it was um, one arsonist, but now they're back to it being, they think it was an accident at the lumber yard.
1: Oh God, I didn't even catch that. I was, uh, I was kind of distracted by, they have this this reenactment of hmm. like, it's like a, It's not a reenactment. It's like I, I get uh, maybe it's like a uh, depiction of like Dennis Fowler's imagination mm-hmm. because it's what the, <laughs> what, what what he what he he believes the the king of the arsonists uh, is like. I mean, and and you see like uh, someone who's sort of like he's in dark lighting, so you can't you don't actually see him too clearly, mm-hmm. and he's in a a room. He's got some like architectural designs rolled up on a, like a counter, mm-hmm. you know, So so it's, it, this this is like, it fits in with Dennis's idea. That like, oh, this guy, you know, he, he may not be an architect, but he kind of knows uh, knows his stuff. And uh, the in in this depiction, this the king of the arsonists is on the phone, seemingly like asking someone what their warehouse is made out of or contains or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, which seems like a very strangely on the nose thing to tip off, uh, an employee of a place that you plan on burning down. But it's just, it's, it's a fun, quick little depiction. I mean, it kind of like the fact, the way they like, you don't really get to see what he looks like. You just sort of see his outline. It kind of reminds me of, um, did, did you watch, uh, star trek enterprise
0: i didn't know
1: okay there's a there's an antagonist uh sort of a, uh uh strewn throughout throughout uh, at least the first few seasons of the show uh that the writers because you never find out his identity the writers just refer to him as future guy mm-hmm. because he's someone who's projecting his image but just sort of a silhouette into the past in order to manipulate events and i just felt like this reenactment kind of just reminded me of that so i just wanted to say i just wanted to mention this because it's uh, to me this it's almost the highlight of this segment this fun like you know here here's what the king of the arsonists might look like uh, uh, sort of sort of <laughs>
2: um
0: well there seems to be a lot of uh conjecture as to whether the king of all arsonists was actually a thing at all And it seems like a lot of these fires, these, you know, things that, uh, investigator, uh, God, why can't I remember his name? Investigator. The investigator. Fowler? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Investigator Fowler, um, was kind of trying to connect some dots that maybe weren't connected. And it does seem that at least the lumberyard was accidental. It's not, not an arson. I see. So, uh, that's not in the show. That is from the wiki, but... They did some more experiments and concluded that that was probably just an accident, probably an electrical fire at that one. So,
1: uh, oh, fascinating. Okay. Um,
0: so, uh, Robbie, um, do you want to take a trip down, down, down on to the Bayou here
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the Big Easy? Yeah, so let's talk about Huey Long. Uh, was this a figure you were familiar with prior to this segment?
0: Uh, n- truly no idea who Huey Long was. I'd heard the name. Um, oh,
1: well okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, probably
0: yeah. in the context of you telling me about him.
1: <laughs> so. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was uh he was um, politician in Depression Era United United States. Um who was simultaneously the governor and senator from Louisiana.
0: I was very Uh, confused during the segment because I didn't know that you could do that.
1: Well, the thing is, is Huey Long, like, he basically ran Louisiana like a dictatorship. Mm. So he just, like, he could manipulate any sort of... uh, I mean and and sort of you know the the what we have here involving this mystery around his assassination mm-hmm. is that it's occurring in in the process of him getting a gerrymandering uh through the state legislature so that he could presumably you know d- eliminate any uh judicial opposition to to himself. Mm-hmm. Um I have uh, I have a he, quick
0: question for you. Yeah. After hearing, because the unsolved mysteries goes over his biography very briefly. Um, yeah. you know, mentioning that he only went to one year of law school yet by the age of 29, he was arguing in cases in front of the Supreme court and then seeing the reenactment. Uh, and whoever, I, I just, whoever was reen- was the reenactor of Huey Long was doing an incredible job mm-hmm. by oh, the way. Yeah. 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 In this, yeah. It, it was very entertaining, but, I started to think, uh, Rooster Co- Rooster Cogburn. The um, is that a Warner Brothers character or is that a Disney character? I, need, I say I need a porter
2: and that dog's got just the head for it—pointed, that is. <laughs> is that yeah, yeah.
0: a caricature of Huey Long?
1: You know, I, that's not anything I've ever thought about, but. I- that that seems feasible. Because um, I feel
0: like everyone who has done this, well, I just, um, you know, I might just be a country lawyer. <laughs> I feel like everyone who has been doing that is now was referencing Huey Long. How
2: many men ever went to a barbecue and would let one man take off the table what's intended for nine-tenths of the people to eat? The only way you'll ever be able to feed the balance of the people is to make that man come back and bring back some of that grub he ain't got no business with.
1: Oh, man. Like, it's uh, been this
0: cultural, be... like, touchstone that, like, we were not old enough to understand when we were seeing it represented in, like, Family
1: Guy or, like, uh, Rooster whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think certainly, like, I can't think of like any other s- specific examples. If I had to name someone from the South who was like, you know, sort of just that, like, now, you know, I'm not a big country city lawyer. Yeah, okay. uh, this caricature that you know, we may have to do some research on that. Okay. That trope might actually be based off Huey Long. Good catch, Crystal. I was I, just I didn't even.
0: Well, he seemed like he seemed like a real heavy. And even though I didn't know oh, yeah. who he was really Just before because the this man segment. Cuz a
1: weight problem, does not mean it's okay to make
0: fun. No, of him. that's not what I meant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. He, I mean, his 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 character is yeah. Right. He that. was
0: larger than life. He had a lot of cultural cachet not only in Louisiana, but he seemed to be a real personality that people outside of Louisiana knew of. And Oh um, yeah, yeah. Totally. And par- probably a lot of that has to do with what happens next, which I'll let you talk
1: about. <laughs> right. Um, yes. So, as I mentioned, uh, he was trying to get this uh, gerrymandering bill through the Louisiana state legislature,
2: <clears throat>
1: um, and this was this would have disav- uh, disadvantaged a judge whose son. Um, who looks like a total nerd. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about you, but, but to me, um, like, like I, you know, both, both in the picture of the actual person and in in the reenactor, like Dr. Was it Carl Weiss? Uh, he -hmm. just like, you know, he wears those glasses and he just, he looks like just someone that would like get pushed around a lot. Mm um, He is the person who supposedly assassinated Huey Long, mm. and Re- Unsolved Mysteries sort of it gives us two two alternative depictions, mm. uh, different depictions of how this may have gone down. Because uh, Huey Long, he's he's this is in the state legislature building. And he's coming back from whipping votes, um, and. The official historical account is he sort of, he opens, he goes, speaks into an open door of a office and turns around and Weiss shoots him, uh, immediately gets gunned down by his bodyguards who pump mm-hmm. in, I believe they said 60 bullets <laughs> to the guy.
0: Yeah, they really, uh, they really did it to him
1: in the reenactment. But in the, and, and the sound effect of the shooting doesn't quite seem to match. The actual like shooting that they're they're doing in the in, in the in the reenacting segment, but whatever. And Huey Long is stumbling away from the scene, saying, "He shot me! He shot me!" Um, uh, sort of like I don't. It's sort of strange because they depict him as like he's 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 running away as if he's being chased by someone who's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he. Lo- <laughs> You can see back be, the guy who shot him is, is, <laughs> I mean, it looks like uh, the, the guy who gets blown away by Ed 209 uh, uh, by, by the end, I'm sure. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, that's sort of the official, the official line. Like he was shot by, by Weiss, mm. uh, went in for uh, a surgery. They removed, and sort of like the, the idea is they, they may have removed the, the bullet, but in a, his kidney was injured and they weren't fully aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he die, dies within a, a day or two. Yeah. Unsolved Mysteries puts forward uh, something that Wise's son is very much a, a proponent of, mm-hmm. which is they depict sort of before even the shooting that wise is trying to talk to Huey Long, like on three separate occasions in mm-hmm. the state legislature, I guess, um, uh, I, I guess, the idea is like, why is such a mild mannered guy? He's just going to try to like talk to him and beg him, like, please don't redistrict my father's seat out of existence. Um, and yeah, you know, the first time he approaches him, Huey Long like just pats him on the shoulder like you would anyone who's like coming up to talk to you, but you can't stop to talk to them because you're with a group of people and you're trying going off somewhere to do something. Um did you notice that one of Huey Long's like bodyguards in these reenactments is a really tall guy? Mm-hmm. Like like he's got like a seven footer. Uh, yeah, there. he's got
0: some big boys.
1: Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> Uh, I I like he's the sort of like muscle in a movie that like if he spoke he'd be like yes boss mm-hmm. um so finally the third time uh they is, this is sort of the alternative of what the the encounter he goes up to speak to Huey long it's trying to be you know like like try to be heard and and they have Huey long basically <laughs> essentially call him a nerd and push him <laughs> Push him into the hallway. Uh uh and the guy responds by punching Huey Long in the face. Mm-hmm. And the the hypothesis is because one of the bodyguards takes out his gun to shoot the guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Um Like and that's the <laughs> and this is the thing. Hold on. The, doesn't I've been thinking a lot about this today, about how when people have guns on them, they use guns. And this is a situation, if you have a pipsqueak like that as portrayed in the reenactment, mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of seven-footers, right? Like, they didn't need to pull out their gun. They just needed to, like, take one hand and pick that guy up by the seat of his pants and toss him out the building. Like, why were right. why were guns being pulled indoors? Like, I don't even understand why that was the first it thing to happen
1: it doesn't seem proportional especially like we said there there, there's a seven footer here that looks like you could just pick the guy up and like you say literally carry him out and throw him out of the building yes um and so the the, and 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 the the hypothesis here is that in the process of shooting this guy one of the bodyguards was actually accidentally shot huey long himself Mm -hmm. um and so you sort of have two two different depictions of of, of possibilities uh, that could have uh, uh, that are playing out here. Uh, th- then there was something about like, well, because in the in the surgery, allegedly, Huey, Long, someone noticed that there was bruising on Huey Long's lips or face mm-hmm. or something.
2: Yeah,
1: and he says like, "Oh yeah, that's where he hit me," or mm-hmm. or, or something, which would give credence to the idea that he was punched by by weiss Mm -hmm. um uh yeah and i mean earlier they have a depiction of like the family's having a a, weiss's family's having a dinner and his father is ranting on and on about long Mm -hmm. and they depict wise as sort of being apolitical Mm -hmm. and just like well you know he's kind of a interesting character dad and yeah, look, dad, yeah, as, so, as so many of us have had to do in the course of our lives, be like, hey, can we not talk about politics at the table? Because right. we just had a nice day at church and there's this de- delicious dinner in front of us. Let, mm. Let's let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah. But apparently, apparently, like, uh, well, you know, wise. I mean, I I guess that sort of sets up the idea that wise is not out there to, to assassinate long. He just was like, maybe I can talk to it to. to Too long and reason with him or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Later on, Wises that like I think that night, Wises um, uh, cousin and some other relative they they find his car parked outside the state legislature, but it's locked. And so they go back to get the keys, and when they come back, the car has been moved, and like his bag is his medical bag is which. I guess apparently he carried his gun in. <laughs> Has been rifled As you through, do. and the gun, yeah, yes, you do. Um, in case you need to like neighbor. shoot
0: the cancer out of someone, right? <laughs> or...
1: Exactly. <laughs> uh, and his medical bag's been rifled through, and the gun is missing. So this is supposed to obviously lend further credence to like, oh, he was, you know, he didn't have a gun on him. Uh, mm. He was shot and, you know, after punching Long and uh, obviously the conjecture here is that one of Long's bodyguards went out and with his keys and went through his car and found the gun. And they I'm assuming they're going to go with the idea that it was planted on him or whatever. And then there was some weird thing where that during the autopsy, they found another boy in long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I guess the, the main the main issue there is cuz Weiss was carrying around just a little 35
0: or a 32. Like hip
1: squeaky. A 32? Yeah. Okay. I don't know guns, Chris. So I'm I know sorry. I'm just <laughs> reading it from the
0: wiki. I don't either. I'm just letting you know it's <laughs> <Yeah>. a 32.
1: <laughs> and, you know, he's a, as as a little nerd like him would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the bullet they found in came found in him came from a much larger gun
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: that was presumably carried by one of Long's bodyguards. Right. So yes. uh that's it's it's all a bunch of interesting uh info. And it was kind of in I, I saw this segment when I was a little kid.
0: Oh mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And yeah. And I remember like I mean a lot of the stuff I've heard about Long's uh uh Long being killed, like the alter often I, I hear, you know, the speculation the alternative to just, it was this one guy, you know, he's the son of the judge whose seat's going to be this uh, uh, eliminated. Uh, I would assume, I going into this segment, I would assume that we were going to get, like, some grand conspiracy. Because they talk about, like, you know, because there's, the the moneyed interests were not uh, keen on long at all. Uh, it mm-hmm. was uh, very, uh, very much a sort of a redistributionist.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I hearing and him. Policies give his speeches he has a very bernie sanders-esque quality to him
1: right right yeah, yeah he has a, a lot a lot of um a, he had a lot of uh, a uh appeal amongst uh just the everyday people of louisiana mm-hmm. they, they mentioned in the funeral what was it like a hundred thousand people attended mm-hmm. um and so he uh so uh, you, you would think that, like, oh, the, you know, this is going to be, like, something of assassination that was arranged to, to, you know, remove him from power. But instead, basically, the the two options we have is, like, you know, lone guy trying to, like, prevent his father's seat from being redistricted. Or it was an accident, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is not, uh, I mean, that's not something that uh, you can entirely discount. Um, uh, especially, I guess, if you got a situation where... People are just roaming around with guns, <laughs> drawing them out. Yeah, at the this, drop yeah, of the, a hat.
0: The bodyguards and the there's just it just sounds like a situation where there were too many guns.
1: Yeah, and... well, yeah, there's like there's like two dozen like bodyguards there. Yeah. it seems like, and they're like, and pursue. It seems like not all of them are entirely professional. So.
0: Uh, mm, yeah, does seem like
1: a recipe for a disaster.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I just really don't understand why, you know, they they didn't just toss Weiss out of the building. They could easily have done that. They could have overwhelmed him very yeah. quickly, uh, especially especially if it holds true that he came in unarmed. Um, so one of the uh, updates, we get a, not just a white text update, but a Robert Stack update it's an interesting
1: update yeah. uh, done in a format I've never seen done on, on the show before mm-hmm. um, with different sort of font and the lettering and, and whatnot but yeah basically the update was like and it was kind of strange too because I felt like this update had a bit of an e- editorial spin to it hmm because it begins with like inch uh, when you know in it they have like interestingly like I was like oh. Mm, yeah, something's a bit s- suspicious here. Uh, like the insurance uh, investigators uh, awarded Long's family, you know, tens of thousands of dollars because they 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 ruled that the the his death was an accident, right? As in, he you know he was shot you know uh, by his one of his own bodyguards, right? Um, so the insurance so.
0: company took the. Stance that it had been an accident and, re- and awarded the Long family as if it had been, whereas the mm-hmm. L- Louisiana State Police maintains that it was uh, an assassination by Dr. Weiss. An
1: assassination by Weiss, yeah. <clears throat> and then uh, there was like there was talk about how, um, you know, there was there was information uh, uh, to help. Uh, put forward the idea that it was a accidental shooting and and Weiss mm-hmm. didn't do it. Right, but apparently, uh, like it didn't. Uh, it took a long time for this information to to be presented, just because uh, the state legislature had such a pro Huey Long bent to it that they just they wouldn't apparently they wouldn't want to hear about this. Which I don't know. I guess that's like, I get. I mean, what difference does it make for them, like, whether it was an accident or an assassination? I guess, I guess, just because, like, if it's an assassination, they have this, this, you know, figure that they can, uh, uh, yeah, this figure of hatred, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. this, 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 um, yeah, it's, this was, this was, uh, this was a really, I like this segment a lot because the, the reenactments, like the guy, play, like you say, the guy playing Long was very engaging. They have scenes of him in this office, you know, surrounded by uh, his, his various political operatives. And, uh, you know, he plays, plays Long as a, chooses to play Long as a very physically imposing guy. I, I don't know how big Long was uh, mm. in real life, but I, you know, the other time I've seen him depicted on film was a TNT original movie in which John Goodman was playing him.
0: Um okay. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I yeah. See that. Uh I, I, I seem to recall <laughs> him doing a fairly decent, you know, job mm. uh uh too. But you know, that that was it's been decades since I've seen that. But yeah, it's uh uh Huey Long uh, either assassinated by Dr. Weiss or <laughs> <laughs> a victim of just too many guns
0: <laughs> yeah I like so many people um, <laughs> not to be a bummer but uh, yeah I'm wondering I don't know anything else about Huey Long Robbie off the top of your head do you know what political I'm just curious what political party he belonged to in the 30s uh, well,
1: he, he was a, a democrat um, uh, sort of though I mean the politics of Huey Long's Louisiana were a bit Sort of almost a universe in of themselves. I
0: assume. Uh, yeah, because
1: uh, he because th- they they mention uh, speculation that he was going to run for president. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and <laughs> I did look at the wiki for this this segment, mm-hmm. and um, uh, they, they they there's a typo in here because it it said oh, okay, no, never mind forget i said said any of that that last 10 seconds anyway um yeah, connor do you want to edit uh, that
0: out do you want to just rewind
1: To <laughs> help help me sound less like an idiot i'm giving it all she's glad, captain if i push it any harder the whole thing will blow um <laughs> So, yeah, he was going to, there was speculation he was going to challenge uh, Franklin Roosevelt for the Democratic nomination for president um, um, uh, when okay. Roosevelt was going to uh, run again. Uh, yeah, he kind of, he had this, uh, his, the way in Louisiana, he had this, uh, it was sort of, you know, he, uh, he was like a, so, yeah, he was a populist uh, sort of, like, like you say, you, when you said you, you heard like um, uh, some similarities with Bernie. Yeah, his uh, his little like song uh, that like, that that was sort of like, I, I don't know if it was sort of, if, if it was the anthem for his campaigns, but it's a song he's associated with. And you can find YouTube videos of him singing it as uh, um, Every Man a King. Uh, you know it's yeah his platform is a uh, a uh uh you know it's 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 basically like the the whole slogan is share our wealth uh so yeah he had enormous popularity with uh, everyday working people in in Louisiana uh sort of charting charting a a different response i guess to the great depression than what fdr mm-hmm. uh was, was was pursuing and um, but, yeah, the politics of Louisiana is sort of, like, it was less about parties and more about, like, pro-long ver- as opposed to being anti-long. <laughs> gotcha.
0: Um, yeah, so yeah. it sounds very, like, it sounds very personality-driven, honestly. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, it, it is, like, uh, I mean, it, it is entirely, like, like that. Like, hmm. totally, yeah.
0: Uh, Robbie. Did you like this segment? <laughs> I said I that did. I liked it at the beginning. So you liked it.
1: Yeah, it was uh, fun.
0: It was fun. I learned a lot and I was very entertained. And I actually thought in this case, there was a good argument <laughs> to be made about why <laughs> it wasn't how history said it was. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> this isn't just some dude trying to sell a book. Yeah. spinning out a convoluted you know like well here here's, here's something that could have happened
0: yeah well i'm, um, c- I'm contrasting it with the uh, rfk one from a couple seasons ago
1: yeah, yeah. and um
0: RF- and saying that Sierra and Sierra couldn't have been the only shooter in that and just that was kind of crackpot theories right they weren't really well grounded this one i thought you know there's a really strong argument to be made about why it probably wasn't an assassination because there were just too many guns, <laughs> and, um, and there's nothing to, uh, there's nothing to assume that Weiss was even, was armed, in the situation. Right. So, um.
1: Well, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Because they mentioned that, like the 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 whole like like you know the state police are crawling all over the the, the building, uh, uh patting down people so uh except for except for long's bo- bodyguards unfortunately maybe for long mm. um uh yeah it was it, yeah no this was uh yeah this was a segment where you are know, like oh okay you know there's some physical evidence here that you know they're, they're talking about some you know like yeah you know the uh the motive uh, seems kind of straight you know strange based off what we know about wise it's it was it was yeah, this, this was like, uh, this was a not-hack job by Unsolved yeah. Mysteries.
0: Yeah, it was, um, good job, U.M.
2: <laughs> Way to nail it.
0: Uh, yes. I, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about, it's a real fucking bummer here. <laughs> next. <laughs> here we go.
1: Oh, Crystal, you want to talk about dumping kids off in a field? You know I do. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna take a little trip um, to 1947 to the town of Weed, California.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Fun name. We've all been there, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And and uh, yeah. So in 1947, a, a housewife who shall go unnamed was walking through a field. Um, between her house and the grocery store uh, just taking a shortcut to get home and she heard um, in the reenactment you're a young baby crying in the field and this this, uh, woman finds this young girl who's maybe two years old and um, she just had been beaten and really unsolved mysteries overdoes it with the bruising makeup on this child you could have just told us (laughs) That the kid had beaten up. You didn't need to give her two black eyes and bandages all over her face, okay? But here we go. Uh, so um, they take this poor child to a hospital. And, um, you know, the, there's a reenactment where the nurses and stuff are, you know, being super sweet to her. But she's, you know, so traumatized she won't even speak. And she doesn't know who she she is. So um, they nickname her Baby X. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't just call her like mary or something they're <laughs> just gonna call her um call her baby x uh at any rate they give the photograph of the little girl out to the authorities because they're trying to find this girl's parents and finally um a witness is uh, comes forward and identifies the girl is actually named mary jane medlin and um that the her mother lucille lives in selma oregon which is I'm not quite sure where that is, but I assume it's on the I-5 corridor as well.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm not immediately familiar, but that would be my guess. Uh,
0: so they, in the reenactment, the cops go up to make, pay a little visit to Lucille. And they find that she's living there with her boyfriend, um, an infant son... And an older daughter. So the do- the other daughter is about four years old, and the son was was a newborn. And uh, the boy and the Lucille's like freaking out because she's just like, wait, why are you at my house? You found my kid. And then the boyfriends were like, yeah, see, uh, we had too many kids already, so I just decided to go ahead and make an executive decision and <laughs> dump one off uh, in California. Um, and just the <laughs> yeah, they the guy playing the boyfriend is just doing a good job at being a real Weasley piece of shit because who why did you why who's why why do you need to lay hands on a child like that I don't understand and also you don't just like if you want to get rid of a kid you don't just dump them in a field you can put them in front of a police station or something what are you doing right
1: yeah, it's it's so strange because you would think that like when we've seen you know because we've considering the sheer number of wasp love sort of things we've gone through uh usually it's sort of like i mean the the standard protocol is like okay you got two kids and a third one's on the way and you can't Mm -hmm. afford to have three kids right the natural thing is to, you know when the baby is born you you give up the baby right uh, uh, cause you got, yeah. Cause the, the other kids are older and they're going right. to remember just being chucked off. Right. But I, it's interesting because, um, she, act, when, when they talked with the woman grown up and, the uh, uh, later on, she talks about how like, yeah, I, I was pretty incorrigible. So they had difficulty like disciplining me. And I really kind of got like my inference on this was that, you know, the like they were basically the parents were basically like well we you know this one kid is pretty difficult mm-hmm. maybe we'll just we'll get rid of her and maybe this baby will be easier when it grows up that's that's kind of like the process thinking that i i inferred was going on
0: yeah um,
1: I don't yeah. think there and was a just, lot
0: of thinking going on in that household, frankly.
1: No, no, admittedly, yeah, admittedly, yeah. And it's so strange, like, so so this was like, what, the late 1940s, right?
0: Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: So, because I was going to say, it's so strange that they would have to just abandon the kid in the field. Yeah. Uh, considering that, like, during the great, as we've seen so, so many times, uh, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, kids mm-hmm. were just being snatched up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, off. you
0: could. Yeah, but this is this is post-depression, though. So I don't know. That's I don't know right. that the baby that, that, market was really that it must. Strong. Yeah,
1: it must have dried up uh, quite a bit. At least like. Yeah, I mean, so. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, this this poor girl is, is gets to be traumatized by her parents. Uh, uh, dumping her in a field uh, as well as beating her. Um
0: uh yeah, no, it and, just sucks. Yeah. And they can go to jail for they can just fuck off and go to jail forever. Um, so what ends up happening is the family gets broken up, right? Obviously, and the mm-hmm. other two kids go into foster care. Um What happens to Mary Jane? Mary Jane uh went to live with her biological father for a little bit, and then she got um bopped around to several foster homes uh, of course she marries at 16 that makes sense but anyway yeah. she's still married now in uh 1992 present present day unsolved mysteries 1992 and her you know she's very happy with her husband and they have a restaurant in placerville california and they have four children and 10 grandchildren so i guess uh in 1991 she was actually able to identify and locate her sister older sister leoma and they've been reunited and so now Mm -hmm. they are asking unsolved mysteries to help them find their uh long lost brother named james Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and um so you know as every episode lost love segment that has ever existed in unsolved mysteries uh we get an update um and it was uh james's adoptive uh, james had been adopted into a family so he didn't it sounds like he didn't spend too much time in the foster care system and his adoptive sister happened to be watching the episode and contacted uh uh james and then um james contacted the show i guess and he was living in fresno california so he didn't make it too far away from yeah from there so they're all kind of weirdly like living within probably a hundred miles of each other <laughs> they were reunited
1: right right yes
2: yeah um, so. but
1: yeah so this 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 had a nice happy ending and resolution um i i do feel though i would have enjoyed it a lot more
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it had gone a certain way yes okay so because they mentioned that James was was born either in Selma or Grants Pass, Oregon.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Grants I kind of, Pass. I kind of see where you're going with this, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh Grants Pass is about 30, 40 minutes north of Medford, Oregon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just I feel like if this segment had ended, we're like they had not actually located him, but it turned out their brother had been his first name had either been Dennis or Stephen. Mm-hmm. It would have been magnificent because then I could have spent the entire time fantasizing that their brother mm-hmm. was one of the one of the Medford hustle yeah. hustlers.
0: Yes, <laughs> we don't would we that... don't know that he isn't though. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, oh,
0: he could have been like a silent partner. He could have been an a hitherto unknown Medford Hustler.
1: I, I, well, my preferred headcanon is that there were, you know, in addition to to Dennis Walker and uh, was it Stephen Cox, uh, that there were dozens of investment people running operations in Medford, absolutely, all promising a 25% rate of return. Mm hmm. Uh, and then having to flee town after the whole House of Card collapses. Yeah. Uh, carrying with them sports memorabilia.
0: <laughs> well, that's how James ended up in Fresno. So.
1: <laughs> that, 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 that's where he fled. Um, wouldn't be. Int- uh, I, I really wish maybe they, they should have spent more time uh, during the. Re- re- no, he drove to meet his sister, mm-hmm. uh, which makes sense because he wa- wouldn't want her coming to his place. She's right. looking around, it's like, Wow, you got all this like sports stuff! You got these, you know, jerseys and frames on the walls. And he's like, Yeah, uh, don't please don't record any of that, please. Oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that
1: was a fun alternative to, to how yeah, the segment a could have played fan,
0: out. Fanfic, we just did. <laughs> Good job,
1: yeah. Um, uh,
0: Robbie we gotta we gotta put the bow on this package if you know what I'm saying
1: right um we already mentioned that if you go to iTunes you can give us five stars and
0: a vegan recipe if you're choosing
1: a vegan recipe if you're you're choosing mm-hmm. if you do that you know i uh I think uh, it's not an impossibility that we might read it on air uh, yeah like this, totally
0: if you leave a five-star review on itunes with a vegan re- recipe attached we will read your recipe mm-hmm. and i might even make your recipe if i think it's a good one
1: <laughs> yes yes
0: and that might be a, a start of a whole new thing a whole new world for all of us here at reenacted pod and unsolved mysteries podcast um that, that's
1: when the mission drift will really begin yeah well i kind of feel like the last show.
0: three years have kind of been mission drift but here <laughs> we are
1: drift. yeah
0: uh and also if you want to reach out to us on social to give us give us uh a vegan recipe. Um, we're reenacted. We're at reenacted pod on Twitter. And what else? We I already gave the email address, but that's reenacted at gmail.com. Fe-
1: Facebook reenacted fans. Uh, you know, you can find us there.
0: Yeah. If you're on that particular uh-huh. health site, head on over there. Um, also, yeah, we have a Patreon. And thank you so much to everyone who chips in a little bit each month to keep the uh, lights on over here at studio stack uh it's not what i call the room i'm in i am in the guest room of my house but anyway if you want to head on over to patreon it's patreon.com slash reenacted pod uh robbie i that's it man do you want to do the thing
1: yes tune in next week for that and three other tales on the next edition of unsolved mysteries